Hey guys, uh, welcome back to In This Together podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to In This Together podcast. It's your host, MM, and I am so excited to be here. And I come to y'all today with the most thankful heart. Truly. I mean, I have been absolutely blown away by the kindness and by the love and just the encouragement I've received since posting my testimony. I honestly wasn't sure how it was going to go. I did not know if anyone was going to say anything about it. And I had absolutely zero expectations. And it has just been so, so overwhelmingly kind. The amount of people who have shared, who have just even messaged me just all of these things and even just like a simple encouragement or long messages. I mean, I, I really, truly cannot say thank you enough. And every single one of them means so much. Like I'm not just saying that, like truly every single one means so much. And I have like just delighted in looking at my messages recently. And so I just want to say thank y'all. And because I just, whenever you share something like that, you never know how it's going to go. And I don't do it in hopes that it would even go good or even hopes that it would, you know, I would receive anything from it. But it's not that that makes me so happy. It's how the Lord is moving through the story and through uh, just the words that I got to share from Him that is just making me so excited and makes me so thankful and so happy. So I'm just so thankful for how the Lord's moved in your lives um, since listening to that. And if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, um, I would recommend you do so before listening to this one or else it's not really going to make much sense because I am just answering your follow-up questions after my testimony video. And so if you're wanting to listen to kind of this podcast, I would definitely go listen to my story first. And if you don't want to listen to either of them, then maybe just click on one of our other podcasts. Um, but I'm just going to kind of be sharing a little bit more on kind of, I had a lot of questions about like how, and I knew I would, of like how I stopped drinking, how I did this, like what is my view on drinking now and what is all that. And so I'm kind of just going to dive into that today um, and just kind of some follow-up questions that y'all actually asked through the podcast Instagram and through my own Instagram. And so the first thing that I just want to address um, was just how thankful I was and before I even get into any of this because I am just truly just sitting here just still blown away and I'm just so thankful for each of you. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So the big thing that I feel like I realized a lot of people were saying was how much they related, which broke my heart, but also made me so happy in some ways because I was like, oh gosh, like it breaks my heart because I know that whatever story, part of my story that you related to, I'm like, oh gosh, like I just wish that no one had to go through that because it's just not fun. Um, and but I am so, it made me also excited because I was like, wow, like just knowing that there's other people out there that went through that and seeing all the fruits that's come from it and everybody else's lives that were mentioning different things just honestly made me just so overjoyed um, to think about how hell did not win and the enemy did not win in our stories and um, just makes me really hyped to think about. And now that we're on like this continuous process altogether. And so um, maybe you're listening to that and you're still trying to figure out your own story with the Lord and whatnot. So, or listening to this even. And so I just am excited to kind of like encourage and help you kind of just even take the steps and whatnot. But one thing is that a lot of people, like I said, were saying that they related in a lot of ways. And I know that if you related, then you had a lot, a lot of shame and guilt. 
um, not maybe when you're listening to it, but like maybe after um, certain things, I don't know what aspects you're talking about that you related to. Um, but I know that one of the biggest things I really got was like how to deal with this shame and this guilt after you've made these huge, huge mistakes, or maybe you've made little mistakes or just whatever it is, or you sinned or whatnot. And this really goes for anything like you. I don't know what you're feeling shame and guilt about. Um, but the one thing that I that always comes to my mind whenever I think shame and guilt is the very next thing that comes to my mind. I don't know if you've heard this before. I don't know if you know this, but that does not come from the Lord. The Lord does not shame you into his arms. He does not guilt you into his arms. He does not shame you into following him. He does not guilt you into following him. No, 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 no. The Lord is the Lord does not shame and guilt you. Shame and guilt, you see, is the enemy's tactic to actually get us farther from the Lord. It's the enemy's tactic to make us want to run and hide. And if you look at Adam and Eve in the garden, the first sin to ever be committed, what happens? So we're if you look in Genesis, Adam and Eve are in the garden. And they, if you look at the first sin ever in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. Okay. And the Lord says, please, like, do not eat from this one tree. This tree will do not. And the, and the Lord says, do not eat from this one tree. And Adam and Eve were tempted by the serpent and um, they took a bite of the apple. And if you look at, I'm just kind of giving a brief overview of the story. And the very next thing that they did is they went and ran and hide and they covered themselves. They went and they ran and hid from the Lord. They felt this shame, this guilt of, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Oh my gosh, I disobeyed. And they went and they hid themselves and they ran their hide. And it's actually interesting too. Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, it's our, it's, whenever we do something we know we're not supposed to, it's this, the enemy's way of kind of getting us to run and hide and get to stay away from the Lord. And we can be so entrapped and so wrapped in that, it, that it makes it so, so hard to come to the Lord with the things that we have. And especially if we don't recognize that that shame and guilt is not from God. And so I think the most important thing about shame and guilt in your story is realizing that that's not from God. That is not from the Lord, that the enemy is trying to keep you away from God and away from going into his arms, away from repenting. And I'm not saying that that means, okay, go and like do the same sin over and over again. No, what I'm saying is that's the enemy's way of keeping you from repenting and turning from your sins. You know, if you kind of start hiding, then it makes it kind of easier to do it again and again. That's kind of what I did. The shame and the guilt, it kind of, it kept me in the cycle of drinking. It kept me in the cycle of having sex because I had too much shame and guilt to approach the Lord. And I did not really realize that that wasn't from God. And so I, I think the biggest thing, there's so much we could talk about with shame and guilt, but that truth I hope just even hearing that just allows your heart to be set free, your mind to be set free. So that way you can continue to walk towards the only freedom in this life, which is a life with the Lord. And so now I'm just going to kind of go ahead and dive into some questions that y'all have asked me. And um, I just am so thankful that you would even ask me these questions in the first place. And so just I hope that this is kind of just a good follow up of kind of practical scripture advice, um, biblical advice as to how um, I really started following the Lord. And so I hope this helps you in any way. But the first question was, how did you start to be open and honest with people about your struggles and sins? And the honest answer is <laughs> funny enough that I, it really took me a long time. I was not honest about everything that I'd gone through, y'all, probably for like the first year. And it wasn't that I wasn't 
like lying about it or anything. I just didn't share with anyone kind of anything um, for, I would say the first year. And I, I, for me, it was because I didn't feel like I had people that I could really go to that would understand. And I didn't have people that I could go to and talk to about it. And so that was my personal like thing. Like I did not talk to anyone about my sins. And I was like, I'm honestly made this podcast because if I spent so long trying to figure out myself and I just wish that I had somebody to talk to. And maybe you're someone who doesn't have someone to talk to right now. Um, or maybe that you don't have a Christian community around you, um, or whatnot. And so I kind of just wanted to make this as like a way of realizing like, Hey, like I didn't talk to anyone about my struggles and my sins. And because of that, it took me so much longer than I feel like somebody who did, um, like that somebody that could kind of ask advice to, um, like how long it would take them to get out of their struggles and sins, you know, instead of having somebody in college that I could kind of like, you know, go to and talk to about it. I just really was very quiet about it and only, um, really was seeking the information myself and through trial and error really. And I, I say all that because if I don't recommend that method, I do not learn from my mistake. It took me, I mean, so much longer, so much more of, you know, really struggling with figuring out how much to drink, what to drink, all that stuff. If I can go to parties rather than if I would have just had somebody that I would have went to and would have asked. And because of that, that's like completely my own fault. And, um, I really didn't have the boldness. I was letting shame and guilt kind of like I just talked about really keep me away from talking to people in the church. Um, and really just kind of confiding in anyone. And so my biggest piece of advice, um, and something that I wish I really would have done was actually like find a small group, find people, even if they're not just like you, even if they have completely different stories, um, find somebody. And maybe it's people you feel like you can't really talk to like that around your same age. Um, I love talking to somebody who's a little bit older than me now, you know, somebody who has maybe even not walked through similar things, but just kind of somebody who I know is walking with the Lord and somebody who I know really can give me that biblical advice and who isn't just going to tell me what I want to hear. And so I would say my biggest piece of advice for you said, how did you start to be open and honest with your people about your struggles and sins is to find somebody. It doesn't have to be seven people. It doesn't have to be five people. It doesn't even have to be two people. I would find one person that you feel like you can really open up um, to about. And maybe you're like, okay, well, Maya, I don't know anyone. Like I don't. Um, and if that's you and you really don't know anyone, I would really, really, really encourage you. This is what I wish I would have done. So please just take this advice. If you don't know anyone, I wish that I would have just gone to my pastor, my pastor Jordan, even though he's a guy and be like, Hey, pastor Jordan, I have been struggling. I just need a woman. I need somebody, a girl, a woman. Um, she could be my same age. She could be whatever. I just need somebody who is walking with the Lord to just point me in the right direction and so that I could just share with and just see his advice and see whatever person he has. I mean, my pastor is somebody who I really um, trust. And maybe you don't have a pastor or whatnot. I would I would go to somebody in the church or find a church that you want to go to and just be like, hey, I, is there a woman I could talk to? And I say a woman because there, for my story, I had a bunch of sexual sin in it. I, that is not a appropriate for me to talk about with my man, my male pastor, in my opinion, is not something, you know, that I want to be talking. He's married, all the different things. Like I just, I, that there is a boundary there. And so I feel like it's really important, you know, if you're a guy to speak to a guy and a girl to, talk, to speak to a girl, um, about, especially when it has something to do with sexual sin, 
or whatnot. And um, anyways, I just feel like, you know, going and just asking be like, hey, is there somebody I could talk to? Is there a woman in the church? Is there, you know, just a small group I can join or whatnot? And I feel like if you if you really want to get serious about your sin, your struggles, um, and if you want to do it better than I did, um, I would really try and find some people that you could open up to. And like I said, it can truly just be one person. And the only qualification I would say that they need to have is that they're just somebody who is walking with the Lord and who really is in the word, you know, who is somebody who is really following the Lord, the Lord, not somebody who just loves him like I did, you know, somebody who's really also who loves him and also is like following him. Um, because that's what you want. You know, if you, if you're trying to, for example, like it's, like, for example, if you're trying to, you know, build something, you know, you don't want just somebody who like loves buildings, you know, you want somebody who actually knows how to build, how to make this building and whatnot. It's the same thing with faith. You know, you don't want somebody who just loves the Lord to be the one that gives you instruction. You want somebody who's actually like walking with the Lord, following the Lord um, to give you that instruction, because that's how you're actually going to build your life on Jesus. So I hope that you kind of learned from my mistakes there. And that's honestly what a lot of these questions probably will be is you guys learned from my mistakes. And let me tell you, uh, I truly believe um, that that is one of the reasons why I walked through all the things that I did. Um, and I am just excited to share with the things not to do and what to do. And then this, the, the last question that was asked, um, kind of goes into this next one and it's tips on how to renew our mind to what he says about you other than reading his word or prayer. I really love this question because um, I think that you kind of hit it on the head with um, like other than reading his word in prayer, like it's like, you know, that, you know, reading his word and praying um, is how you're really going to know like what he says about you and renew your mind of what he says about you. And I think that those are like obviously the two most important places to start. And then I'm going to add two more to that. Um, that really helped me. I would say the next one that really helped me was to be silent with him. I think that, you know, reading and praying a hundred thousand percent, but I think also the importance of silence in our lives as a believer is really, really important because that's where we can just allow the Lord to speak to us if he wants to speak. Um, he can use all different things to speak, but in my life, I've really learned um, that to just give him time, like after I've read, after I've prayed, you know, just give him time just to like, and even if he doesn't say anything, just give him time to just like, to just sit in his presence, you know, imagining myself in his presence because I am in his presence. And I think that that's something that is so renewing to my heart and to my spirit and to my soul is when I sit in that silence with him. And when I'm just like, Lord, like, I, I just want to be here with you. Like one of my favorite songs ever is, um, it's, I'm not going to sing it for y'all, but it's the, it goes, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. And I know this might sound goofy, but I'll literally sit in the shower and like, yes, sit in the shower, not stand. I'll sit in the shower and just like the quietness, you know, the showers where you don't have any electronics around you, all the different things. And I'll just sing that song to the Lord. And it's not like he's even saying anything to me, but I'm just reminding myself that I'm a daughter of the Lord and that I get to just sit at his feet. I just get to be with him. And that is so renewing. And sometimes he says things and sometimes he speaks or shows me things or different things. But sometimes it's just the fact that I just get to sit at his feet. You know, it's not always having to do, 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 read, 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 you know, it's like, I actually get the the ability to sit at his feet as a daughter 
of Christ, as a son of Christ, if you're a guy listening to this. And I just think that that is just such a beautiful gift. So that's one way that I really um, renew my mind on what he says about you as I sit. I try to just sit in his presence. I try to sit with him. Um, even if you're having worship music on, you know, and just sitting and not even maybe singing, but just sitting and just listening to the words and letting them wash over you. And, you know, just like talking to God during that time, I think is really important. Um, and so I think also talking to God is a big thing. You know, obviously that's basically what prayer is, but um, just really doing it all throughout my day is something that really helps renew my mind. But, and then the next thing I had, so I said I had two sets, like the first one is really just being in silence with him. And then this one's kind of like almost opposite of that, um, which is kind of funny, but it's cool how you could see God's in all, God in all different ways is um, I would say getting around people that also know the Lord. That there is like nothing more renewing. I, for example, didn't have a lot of friends in college that really knew God, um, which is totally okay. And I'm thankful that I was where I was. But once I started to kind of make those friends and find those friends and um, just reignite old friendships that were like that, I really realized how just renewing it was to be around somebody who just like loved the Lord and who was following the Lord. Like, I mean, you got, and maybe you've never experienced that, but it is just so refreshing, you know? It is just so like renewing to hear what they're doing in what he's doing in their lives. I mean, that is renewal in itself to me sometimes. It reminds me of like, oh yeah, he says that about my sister in Christ. Like that's what he says about me too, you know? And it just, it allows this opportunity to really be renewed. And I think sometimes we think that we just have to, the only way to be renewed is just to be by ourselves and the Lord, blah, blah, blah. But also the Lord can use people, you know, to remind us of what he says about us. And I just think that that is one of the most important things. And one of the coolest things to me um, is to really get to be in a, in a in a place where I'm with, you know, some other people that believe in the Lord and we're talking and they're really following the Lord and whatnot and just hearing their, like literally not even sharing my own, but just literally getting to hear their stories. I feel so hype after it. Like I literally feel just so renewed, refreshed. Like I'm like, oh gosh, that was so life-giving. Um, and so anyways, that's a big piece of advice for that. And I hope that helps. And then all these questions are kind of leading into each other, so it's really nice. But um, the next one is, how do I stay consistent and strengthened in my walk with the Lord when my family doesn't? And I'm going to just replace that real quick when it says, how do I stay consistent and strengthened in my walk with the Lord while well, my family doesn't? You could say when my friends don't, when my you know boyfriend doesn't, or when my, when my family doesn't, when my friends don't, when just people around me are not with the Lord. And um, something that I really experienced a lot in college is that I was a lot of I was around a lot of unbelievers. And you know, this life you're going to be around a lot of a lot of unbelievers. And the the answer isn't to just you know go and run from all of them. You know, the the Lord Jesus, whenever he walked on earth, it's not if you look at him, he didn't just run from unbelievers. You know, and that's how he stayed holy. Um, no, 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 no. Like he was there with them. And um, my sister in law Sadie actually just posted a or posted a really good podcast about. Um, what it really looks like to be in the world and not of the world. And she was just kind of talking about how um, and to be in the world and not of the world. And same thing to be in situations with unbelievers, but not be an unbeliever. And so I really want to encourage you to go listen to that podcast. Actually, it's about, it's called like a messy conversation. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, but I feel like it describes that scenario so much 
um, better than I ever could. Um, and I think that for me personally, um, so I would say, I would go, say, go listen to that. And then for me personally, whenever it came to that, and I was like living in college with a few bunch of people who didn't believe or whatnot, I think that I really realized something. And this is just something that I find really cool. I remember one of my friends in college who didn't really necessarily believe she was like, you know, it's really nice to hang out with you because even though like you think different than us and all these different things, like you never like make me feel ashamed. You never, you know, like lecture me. You never like guilt me um, on the ways that like I'm living and whatnot. And um, I just really, really, when she said that, she was like, you make me feel, you know, just like if anything, it makes me more curious about like, you know, like your God and all these different things because I'm like, you know, what, like, what is like, I didn't describe that right. Sorry, 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 Molly. Um, and she was just like, you know, you don't shame me. You don't like guilt me because if I live different ways than you do. Okay. X that whole part out. And then my own personal example of how do I stay consistent and strengthened in my walk with the Lord while my family doesn't. And I'm going to kind of replace that with like when my friends don't or different things like that. And like I said earlier, you're going to experience that all throughout life. Um, And when it says like you you really ask like how do I stay consistent and strengthened? And that's the key right there. You have to be consistent and you have to be in places where you can be strengthened in order to go and to stand firm in your faith. You know, the times that I mess up the most were the times where I was not being consistent with the Lord. And whenever I wasn't being strengthened by anything, you know, I wasn't filling up my cup and I would just go into these situations with people where I just, I had, I had nothing to, you know, pour out. I had nothing. And, um, and you know, the times that I messed up the most are the times that I wasn't consistent and I wasn't being strengthened, you know, by the Lord. And then I would go into scenarios with unbelievers and different things and I would make mistakes or whatnot. And I think you really hit the nail on the head is staying consistent and strengthened means that you have to make it a priority to, if you're going to be living in a house where maybe say no one believes, or if you're going to be going to something where, you know, there's unbelievers or whatnot, you have to make it a priority. And just throughout life, like, let me be quite honest. That is life, you know, going throughout life with unbelievers, going throughout social media with others, unbelievers, all these different things, you know? And so the, 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 the trick is the, the, not the trick, the, the tip is, is that you have to stay consistent and strengthened and you have, to, you have to, please, please hear my heart. You have to make it a priority of your life because if you don't make it a priority, all these other things are going to fight for your attention you're going to kind of go down the wrong path. You're going to get weaker. You know, it's, you say how to be strengthened. You're going to get weaker. And, um, I think that the most important thing you could do is really making the, the life, your life with the Lord, making your relationship with the Lord a priority in your life, you know, making him the most important. So there's a reason why it says to love the Lord above all else, you know, of Lord, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your understanding. You know, there's there's a reason why it says that. It's because he knows that you can go, once you do that, you can go into these spaces with unbelievers. You know, you can go into these spaces with your family, with unbelievers and with, or with friends and whatnot. And, and you could still be strengthened and you could still be consistent, you know, because you've, you're, you're loving the Lord, you know, you're receiving from the Lord, you're consistent with the Lord. And I think that that is, the most important thing with that is, okay, I know that. And I think that's the most important thing with that. And I think that, um,
And I think there is, I listened to the sermon or we went to church this past Sunday and he said it such a good way. And you say like, how do I stay consistent and strengthen my walk with the Lord while my family does it? And if following the Lord is what you want to do, that is your heart's desire, you know, and that is something that your family isn't responsible to protect. You know, your friends aren't even responsible to protect that. The only person that can protect that desire, that can protect that relationship, that can protect whether or not you feel strengthened or weak is you by the choices that you're making. And it's not their job, you know, to guard your heart and whatnot. You know, it's your own heart. It's your own own job. And that is something that has just like radically, radically um, just really helped my heart since I've heard it this past week. And um, it just made so much sense to me, you know, that if I want to be consistent and strengthen with the Lord, then I really need to be the one who's making that decision. So that way, whenever I go into those situations with my family, whenever I go into those situations with my friends, you know, I'm still like walking with the Lord. And there's going to be times, you know, I think also another a little piece of advice I have to add to that is that whenever you're going into like those situations with unbelievers, like maybe it's your family or maybe it's your friends or whatnot, you are what they are going to see as the light. Like you have the opportunity to be the light of the Lord in their life. And that doesn't come from you condemning them and being rude to them. And from you like kind of like sticking up your nose and being like, oh, if you're going to do that and walk with the Lord, then I'm just not going to be a part. It's so hard to be a part of this family. It's so hard to be a part of your friendship. That is never going to show them love, truth, and light. You know, like that does not show them the heart of Jesus. Jesus did not do that. Jesus was in those scenarios and he was still holy. He was still him and he was still God and he was in those scenarios. And I think that. And, you know, Jesus was in the scenarios and yes, he didn't approve of maybe how people were living their life, but he was still kind. He was still loving. He spoke the truth in love. You know, if there is a time where it's like, you know, I don't really think that this is maybe what's best for you. Like, I like, let me help you kind of see it that way. Doing it in a way that is not condemning, that is not rude, that is not judgmental. Um, I think that Christians really get this bad rep of being judgmental. And I think it's because we try and push, um, and we get this bad rep of being judgmental and it's because whenever we're trying to deliver truth, we do it very harshly and we do it um, without grace and think about all the grace that the Lord has had in your life. And so um, that's kind of a bunch of different advice, but I would say you have to really make it to your priority. And then whenever you're in those spaces, you know, like you're, you're meant to be there to be a light, you know, the Lord knew that your family wasn't going to be walking with the Lord whenever you were like he, none of this is surprise to him, but what it is, is it's, it's an opportunity to be a light for his kingdom. And that's what he desires for you to be everywhere in your life, every single aspect of your life. So I hope that kind of helped with that. Okay. So the next question is, how do you handle being in those old situations? Alcohol, old friends, ETC. So um, as far as the friends kind of went, I had, not all my friends are believers by any means. I mean, um, but I did kind of, once I started really following the Lord, um, there were some friends that I felt like just really, really drugged me down. um, And whether that was like with gossiping or whatnot, and just really, you know, they, it my, I have some friends, you know, and you'll kind of see this. You'll have some friends that are unbelievers, but, you know, they're, they're still like nice people. You know, they're still good people and um, they still, you know, aren't like they're not gossiping about you behind their back, all this different stuff. And um, I kept those friends, you know, the ones that are unbelievers because, you know, I'm, I made mistakes and I 
seemed like an unbeliever and all these different things. And so I, I kept those friends and I did, it was, weren't people that I removed from my life, but it was the people that I really removed from my life that were not encouraging the people that were not good people who every time I left the room, I was terrified to leave the room because I was so scared they were going to talk bad about me or that they were going to just like make fun of me or whatnot. Like those are the people I feel like I really had to remove from my life because, um, I just realized I was like, that's just not, that's not good for me. You know, that's not good for, um, just there's, there's some times where you really do have to step away from friendships. And, you know, I don't think that every unbelieving friendship that you have that you need to step away from. No, 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 no. I, I want you to kind of see what I was saying with the people that were really honestly horrible to me. Um, and I just kind of accepted it cause I was like, Oh, you know, like they, I like, I probably deserve it or blah, blah, blah. I decided, you know, like I want to be around people who, that, that encouraged me, that loved me. And even though my unbeliever friends, the ones that I stayed friends with, didn't really understand, you know, like what I was doing, they never knocked me down for it. They never tried to, you know, tear me down for it or like make fun of me for it or whatnot. And I think that that is kind of a key right there whenever it comes to friendships and just evaluating friendships is, you know, I think that you can be friends with people who are very different from you and that don't um, understand all that you're doing, um, but they're willing to have conversations about it with you and, you know, like kind of be willing to agree to disagree with you rather than making fun of you and knocking you down and kind of just stabbing you in the back. And so that's really what I did with a lot of the friends in different situations is um, I, for my friends that I wanted to keep and that were still kind and loving, even though they made to disagree, um, I kept those friendships and I just tried to hang out with them in other ways, you know, and other ways that I, you know, felt that was in accordance with the Lord's word. And then with my other friends that, you know, weren't very encouraging and weren't very kind and that really hurt me, um, I decided to really step away from those friendships. And I think that that is 100% okay to do. And that's something that I am so thankful that I did because they were just bringing me back down and back down and back down. And there was never any room for me to grow. And honestly, even for me to continue walking with the Lord um, with them because I cared so much about their opinion and their opinion really hurt. And that's, and, um, and, you can get rid of that last little part, Molly. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I handled that and with friends. And then as far as it went with like alcohol. So I did, I was in college whenever I ended up really changing my life around and really wanted to live for the Lord and follow the Lord. And like I said earlier, I did not, I was not perfect at it and I made a lot of mistakes. Um, and because of, I didn't go and talk to anyone. So that's why I really started off with that question is because I want y'all to see that like if you can have someone to talk to, if you can have somebody, um, they can really keep you from making a lot of mistakes. But basically, whenever it came to alcohol, so I went to Florida State, which is a huge party school, and that's pretty much all that anyone does there. Um, and that's not even like that's just that's that's just the truth. Like that's a, like a lot of people I know. Like that's all they're really. Um, was to do. And so um, at first I kind of would try to go out and drink and just kind of see how that went. And then I really quickly learned that that is, that was not good for me. And that was not good for my walk with the Lord um, for a whole lot of different reasons. And one of those being is that I made really bad decisions whenever I would drink. And also that the spirit, it says um, in Ephesians 5, 18, right here, it says that don't get drunk with wine. It says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions that we fill with the spirit. And I realized very quickly that whenever I was drinking, it was not, I could not be filled with the spirit, you know, that I was making these reckless actions. And, um, as soon as I started to kind of get drunk, 
um, I realized that kind of like all of my desire, heart desires to be with the Lord just kind of like went out the window, if that makes sense, because I wasn't myself. I wasn't filled with the spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I was, I was in, I was in sin once I started getting drunk and all that. And so I really stopped. Um, I really tried to stop. It took me a little bit. Um, but I eventually stopped drinking whenever I really, tried to stop. And then I, I stopped for a little while um, because I wasn't 21 um, drinking or even having one drink. And we're going to actually get into, um, we're going to do a po- separate podcast video about drinking and alcohol um, because that verse is so important. And um, I'll just kind of give a little bit of, uh, it kind of depends. I'll just kind of give a little bit um, as to my beliefs with alcohol, but we're going to go through it later on the Lord, like Jesus had a glass of wine. Yes. Like, you know, like he had a glass of wine, all these other things, but he never got drunk, you know? And that's the thing is the, the Bible says some people be confused because it's like, Oh, well, the Bible says to have a glass of wine, you know, it says that you can celebrate and to have a drink or whatnot. And it's like, yes, the Bible, the Lord's like enemies, like the alcohol is not bad. You know, it's alcohol. It's, it's how we use it. It's whenever we use it to get drunk. It's whenever we allow it to fill our spirit, you know, fill the drunkenness to fill our spirit rather than the Holy spirit. And so that's what I really, learned um throughout college and throughout even postgrad is it's like it's so because then i'd be like oh can i have a glass of wine and there was different times in my life where i felt like the lord really was like you know no like you don't need like like you do not need to be drinking right now anything so i I gave that away and i think i I gave that up and i think that's um but then there's times where the lord has been like okay like it's okay to have a glass of wine you know um but it's never 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 okay um to get drunk and to um, have that drunkenness replace the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's in your heart. And that's what I really learned. Um, and kind of, we're going to get like a little bit deeper in it, but that's kind of how I started to navigate situations from then on out, you know, is realizing like, okay, like I could have like a glass of wine at dinner. I could have this, but now that I'm 21, so also, uh, but I, I'm not going to go and I'm not going to like go and get drunk. I'm not going to have four glasses. I'm not even going to have two. I'm not going to have three, you know, like it really, um, is this, that, that, purpose of whenever I'm drinking, it's not to get drunk. It's not. And I'm also not putting myself in situations where I do accidentally get drunk, if that makes sense. And so um, how I really went back into those situations in um, different like um, environments for my friend to be drinking and different things is I just wanted to drink and I would have water or I'd have Sprite or would I have whatever. And I just talked to them and I would just, you know, and like try and like, I would just have a conversation with them and enjoy their presence. And um, yes, did I not agree with what they were doing, but I wasn't going to Yes, I did not agree with what they were doing. Um, but if there were situations, but I would just go and I would, I would, I would have a glass of water. I would have a, you know, Sprite. I would have a mocktail or whatnot, and um, I would sit and try and enjoy a conversation with my friends. As far as it went with going out, at first I was like, okay, I can go out, whatnot. And then honestly, I just learned that for me going out and going to like clubs and different things like that was not somewhere that the Lord had me, especially since I had dealt with that temptation. And that was like a tempting environment. I just said, no, um, honestly, like I, even if there was friends birthday party, I would be like, I'll go to dinner with you before, but I'm not going to go to the club afterwards because that's just not like, and I never made them feel bad about it. I never, you know, shamed them or guilted them. I just said, you know, that's not really, I think like, I'm actually going to go watch a movie afterwards. And I always, always, always made it my key that if I wasn't going to something, if there was somebody like that, they're all going out clubbing or, or partying or whatever, that I would make it a point to invite them instead, you know, to like, yes, I'm, Hey, I'm not going to go, but actually like, I'm going to be watching a movie if you want to come, 
you know, like, oh, I'm going to go bowling if you want to come, you know, I'm going to go and make dinner. I'm going to make like a sweet treat or whatnot if you want to join. And um, I felt the Lord really started using that as my ministry, um, which was really, really cool. And that's just my personal um, story with it is that instead, you know, I would invite girls over and we would have dinners and we would uh, watch movies and all different things. And there was also some lonely nights. I'm not going to lie. Like there were some nights where everyone was out and no one wanted to hang out with me, but I know that I did not want to go to the club. So I sat on the couch and I watched shows or I read or whatnot. And those are really growing moments too. And I think that um, that was something that I really had to learn to embrace. And so um, I'll say all that because um, I think it's really important. And uh, also there is, there's different environments, you know, I wouldn't go into like a club or, you know, or partying scene or whatnot, but if all of our friends are at a restaurant and they're drinking, you know, and I like, it's not like, I'm going to be like, oh, oh, I got to go. I got to leave, you know, because they're drinking. Like, no, like, I mean, yes, if things got a little rowdy, I probably would like dip out or whatnot or pol- I would politely leave. But if it's everyone just hanging out, you know, um, I'll be there and I'll have a glass of water. I'll have a Sprite, you know, or um, if I'm 21 and it's something, an environment um, where I know I'm not going to be tempted to get drunk and just have one glass of wine or one margarita, then that's okay. But I'm not going to go and have two or three or four, you know? And so I think that's just something that also that is completely on your own heart's conviction. You know, I said earlier, there's times where like, if, even if I was in an atmosphere with all my Christian friends and we're all having a, and with all people who believe in the Lord and love the Lord and are following the Lord and everyone's having just one glass of wine, but the Lord has put it on my heart that I don't like that. This is a time right now where I do not need any of that, then I'm not going to do it. And also there's people who have, you know, maybe alcohol, maybe you've been addicted and, um, to alcohol or maybe you have alcoholics in your family or whatnot. It's like, that is the, the, that is something that you, you know, the Lord, and maybe there's some people who, you know, like it, it's different. Like maybe if you were an alcoholic or different things, and then, then that is something that you have to take up with the Lord. Cause maybe it's something that you should never touch again, you know, or maybe your, your family member was or something like that. It's like, maybe that's a heart conviction for you that you never want to take it up again, you know, and that, that's something that you never have another sip again. That is between you and the Lord. Um, but for sure, a hundred percent, there is sin and when you get drunk and the Lord does not desire us to have a glass of wine and then another, another to get drunk. He said, you know, like you can celebrate with one, um, doesn't say that specifically, but he says like, you can have a drink, you could celebrate, but he never, he never tells us to get drunk. He always warns away from it. Why? Because he knows that then the Holy spirit will not be there. And then our actions will turn reckless and that our desires of our heart will be different than what and we won't be walking with him. And so, um, that's kind of my whole spiel on that. We'll do a whole other podcast on that eventually, because I do feel like it's just such a um, taboo topic in the church, and I don't want it to be. Um, and I want it to be something that we could talk about here, especially, and it's something that I really struggle with. And um, all that I told you right now, it took me years to learn. And so um, I hope that, and I'm not saying that and giving you a pass of it should take you years to learn. It's like, no, now that you know this, it's like, now it doesn't have to take you years to learn. And now you could start following the Lord with that and that right now, you know? And so anyways, I'm going to move on to the next question. Question. Um, Advice on discernment. I guess this kind of goes in. Advice on discernment, when to make a move and when to wait on him. Um, And I – actually, I'm not going to get a question. Sorry, Molly. I love this question. It says, how do I get help from a – how do I help a friend who is going through a similar story as yours? Oh, gosh. This is so good. Um, I would have loved to have had a friend that would just sit there and even – ask me a question on how I was doing 
and asked me, you know, like, how is my heart? Like all those different things. I would have just honestly, truly loved that. I didn't have like any friends who were Christian who asked me that question um, of like, hey, like, how are you doing? Like, how is your heart with the Lord right now? Like, like, and whatnot. And I actually just had got to have the coolest conversation with a girl about all that. And it was literally just like, she was like, I just don't have anyone to talk to. Like, this is the first person I've really been asked, like, how are you with the Lord? And I had feel like a weight off my shoulders being able to talk about it. And so I feel like there's so many people who are just struggling with it that just truly, um, need a safe person or a safe environment to open up about it. And by safe, I mean an environment that's not going to judge them, that's not going to shame them and guilt them and make them feel like a horrible person for the things and the sin that they've done. I mean, like an environment where they can talk about their sin and their shame and their guilt, and they can be met with the kindness of the Lord um, through you. And so I think that, and with the grace of the Lord, and with also just as someone who you hear all these things, you listen to their story and their sin or whatnot. And then you're like, Hey, like, do you want to like, like pray and like repent from it? And like, do you want me to help you? Like, you know, not do that. Or like, how can I help you or whatnot? Like just somebody who really, I know it's probably cheesy, but like goes, like gets in it together with you, you know, um, who just asks you how you're doing and, um, how you are. And, um, I think that's how a friend really could help me in my situation. Um, and so, yeah, any tip, and I feel like that's really how a friend could help me in my situation. Moving on to the next question. Any tips on how to move on, get over an ex that you invested too much in? Oh my gosh. That's just that. I'm just sorry. That is one of the just hardest, most heartbreaking places to be in, honestly, is whenever, um, I don't know if you mean that you maybe had sex them before marriage when you mean like invested too much in, um, but that's where I was with my ex-boyfriend and I had so much heartbreak and shame from it. And I would say that the worst thing I did, and it's kind of like the theme of this podcast at this point, not even just our message from the podcast name, but also this podcast in general, is that... I just really tried to handle it all alone. I mean, I just, I did not try and seek any um, advice, like I said earlier, or anybody who had experienced that before. I just really just didn't want to open up to anyone about it. And I want to show you something kind of cool. So I went through that breakup and I was just an absolute wreck. I made so many wrong decisions, so many mistakes all the different things. And I probably took me about like five months to heal, which I know for some, it's like, it's not that long, but for me, it took about five months to heal with my mistakes and all the different things. Um, and then finally heal with the Lord. So it took me about five months. Well, my little and my sorority, she went through a breakup and same, same kind of thing. And then I was able to give her my advice on what not to do. And she was, and then she went through the breakup and healed and literally like three months. I was like, what in the world, girl? And then her little went through a breakup, same kind of deal. And then because of my advice that was passed on through Janie, or, or sorry, don't say that, Molly, because of my advice that was passed through my little, and then she passed on her advice. I swear her breakup healing time was like a month. Like it was the craziest thing. Uh, and I'll say all that because, because we were able to tell her kind of what not to do during a breakup. Um, and I'll just kind of go ahead and share those things in a second, but what not to do in a breakup. 
I feel like because of that, she was able to heal so much quicker with the Lord because she was not trying to distract herself and do all the other things and whatnot. And she was actually able to be with the Lord. So anyways, I'm just going to tell you what not to do. And hopefully this will kind of help because maybe you're doing some of them and this will kind of help you stray away from the things um, that you are doing that I just, I from experience can say is just going to hurt more. Um, The first thing I would say um, is not trying to distract yourself. Um, with the wrong things, I would say, and not even trying to distract yourself at all. I think that it's important to feel. And the when the people that just neglect feeling it and feeling the brokenness and feeling the heartache and feeling all these different things, um, those are the people that suppress it like I did. And then you make so many mistakes or it comes out when you're drunk or it comes out whenever you're mad at a friend or when you're lonely or whatnot. And it just is like a disaster. And so I would say one of the most important thing is to really feel, you know, like if you have those emotions for a reason. And um, I think the quicker that you can kind of like allow yourself to feel the heartbreak and um, not like suppress it. It'll make it the healing time a lot easier and it'll make that healing, um, a lot, it'll make that healing, um, just a lot better because you're not suppressing it and dragging it out. And so I would say my tips for whenever you are feeling those emotions is to feel them out with a friend. You know, I would say invite maybe a friend over and be like, Hey, can we just have a dinner? Or like, I'll make you cookies. I just need to talk. Like I feel so heartbroken right now. And like, I would say just not, trying to feel them all out alone. Like, yes, there's me sometimes where you have to feel like the, you have to kind of feel the emotions by yourself or whatnot. But as much as you can, I would really invite friends into it. You know, I'd say, hey, can we just, you know, have dinner tonight? I'm just, I just, I'll make cookies like, and I'm just struggling. Um, and I just need to talk out these emotions and these feelings. And that way your friends can help you remind you of like truth during it, that they can remind you of, you know, um, my, you're remembering only the good things. Like, do you remember this that happened and this that happened? Like you're, you know, they can just kind of remind you of the truth because if whenever our hearts are broken, we can kind to start to lie to ourselves and we can start to remember things as how they weren't really were, you know, and we start to think we're crazy or whatnot. And I think just having a friend that can really help you remind you of that truth is really, really important. And I would say, um, not trying to distract yourself. I mean, um, with the wrong things too. I think it's okay to, I don't think we should just sulk and sit in our bed for, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and whatnot. Um, I think, yes, probably you're going to have one or two or three or maybe a little like week in bed of being upset and being heartbroken and whatnot and feeling those emotions. But I just would say like not to stay there. Like um, it's okay to, I would say, I would say not to stay there. I would say now is the time to kind of start like inviting your friends. Like don't just um, sit in that sadness for so long. Like I would go and I would invite my friends to go do things. And um, I, I think that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that I gave to my little as I was like, you know, like, like if you're feeling sad or not, like let's hang out, you know, and we don't have to talk about your sadness necessarily, but let's go play tennis. Let's go play pickleball. You know, I think that the downfall and where we start to really relapse and are wanting to go back to the relationship is whenever we are, you know, just kind of sitting in the sadness and um, like for longer than need be. And we start to think, oh, maybe I should get back together with him, which is a thought that I had and why I'm saying it. And maybe I should do this or maybe I was wrong, you know. And um, I feel like if I would have kind of stopped, you know, once I felt those feelings um, and really started to like go and do things, 
And so I think that one of the ways to kind of avoid that is to, you know, start to do things that you like to do, start to hang out with your friends, you know, have them be there, you know, just really spending time with people. I wouldn't say that you need to distract yourself, but I would say to just that you are getting rid of a person in your life. You know, you are breaking up with somebody. You are, you know, especially if you had sex before marriage and you had sex with them, like you're so attached to them. Like you probably spent a lot of time together, like all these different emotions, like they all this different stuff. And so um, you're, you, the person in your life is leaving, you know, like they're not going to be in your life anymore. And so um, that's a lot of time. Think about it. That's a lot of time that you probably spent with that person. A lot of time you spent talking to them, thinking about them. So t- t- it's time to kind of replace um, that person in your life and fill it with other beautiful things, not bad things. Other beautiful things is the key. You know, pick up a hobby that you wanted to do. Start making flower arrangements for yourself. Start playing tennis. Start playing pickleball. You know, invite friends to go bowling. Invite friends to the movies. Things that, you know, start re um, refilling your life with things that are beautiful and things that are full. And um, the biggest key is you have kind of two choices. You can fill your life with things that are beautiful, or you can fill your things with life. You fill your life with things that um, are really um that are really tempting, um, you can fill your life with things that are, you might not realize it, maybe shiny on the outside, but um, really not going to be good in the long haul. And what I mean by those things is you can fill your life with things like drinking and partying. It's like, it's shiny, you know, it's like, oh, if I just get drunk, I'll forget all this and whatnot. But it's, or if I just like see this shiny new boy and start making out with him and whatnot, like, oh, I will feel so much better. Let me tell you, you will not feel any better. Um, Because those things, you're, you're filling your life with something that's only going to distract you, you know, like you're starting to then, um, instead of giving it your heart to your ex-boyfriend, you start giving it to other guys, you know, and you start, and that's something that I really, you know, struggle with was it wasn't even that I was like going home with them or whatnot. And, but I would just like, start like really like trying to invest all my time in them or like hanging out with them and blah, 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 or, and all this different stuff. And, and that might not make, make sense. But once, I think just being really careful of what you invest your time in, you know, like don't just jump into investing it with another guy because you're trying to fill the void, you know, Um, fill it with your friends. And then obviously I know that this is the one that, um, fill it with the Lord, you know, fill it with the Lord, like that void, um, that, that, especially when you've had sex before marriage and you feel so vulnerable and so broken and, um, you just feel like, um, that's gone. Um, like kind of like a piece of you is gone. I think that really like the only person that like another guy is not gonna be able to fill that void. They're just gonna leave you heartbroken again. Another friend isn't gonna fill the void. Megan Flowers isn't gonna fill the void. Um, the only thing that can actually truly fill that void is the Lord and spending time with him and letting him, you know, patch that up, letting him, make you new. And the Lord does that. The Lord delights in doing that for his children. Um, and so I think that, um, is just some, hopefully some good advice is that you can really choose what you want to fill your time with and then choose what you want to fill that void with that, that part of your heart that's now missing. And you have to fill that with the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to fill it. And then as far as time goes, fill it with just other beautiful things like hanging out with friends, you know, making flowers, doing different hobbies, um, painting, you know, whatnot. And I feel like that is how it'll take a little bit of time, you know, but I think whenever you really make those conscious decisions, um, it'll set you up a lot, a lot, a lot better.
Okay, and this last question I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna kind of wrap it up, is where do I start? You know, like I've made the decision, like I, I wanna follow the Lord, like where do I start? And I could say so many different things, um, but I'm sure you know the first thing I'm gonna say is find someone, find someone you can, you know, just like talk to the Lord with, find just like that one person, um, maybe join a small group, you know, find people like it's, it's going to be so much more fun. And one of the gifts about being in the kingdom of God and being, um, here on earth right now. Um, and before we're in heaven is people, you know, getting to do it together. So my biggest thing is to go find some people to do it together with, because maybe then you'll hear about different books they're reading and it'll encourage you or whatnot. Um, I would say small group is so awesome. Um, but I would say all of that, um, the first thing that, um, I'll really do is really start, you know, reading about the Lord for yourself. I think it's beautiful to have small years, beautiful to have friends, all the different things. But I think just really, um, one, you know, being real with yourself and the Lord and getting alone and being like, God, what do I, what, what areas of my life do I need to sanctify? Do I need to get rid of to glorify you? That's what that sanctify means. Um, and really asking him those things and, then, you know, getting to learn more about him and his word. I remember I would just want to read so much scripture um, and just want to like really read and get to know who God was and like who I was following, you know, in order to follow someone, you kind of need to know who you're following and um, who you're walking with. And so um, I would say that being together with people who, you know, know that is a really good option. And then I'll say like, really reading um, like his word and about who he is and the different stories um, is another great thing, good, great place to start. Um, I actually would start in Genesis and just start there or I'll start in Genesis or maybe Romans um, or something like that. I'd start in Genesis in case you want to start by like the first beginning story of the Bible. That's what I've been doing is I've been going through Genesis um, and then now I'm in Exodus and I'm just going through the Bible like book by book by book. Um, and so I really love that because I feel like I'm really understanding like the story of God and it's so cool. And um, I would say read commentary, but I would say the most important thing, there's so many different tips and so many books you could read. Um, I love all of Bob Goff's books too. So just any of his books are so great. Um, and the book that actually changed my life, um, while I was, um, going like after I decided to really follow the Lord, um, was the book. It's not supposed to be this way by Lisa Turkers. Oh my gosh, y'all. That book just was so incredible in my walk with the Lord. Um, and it really helped me really change my ways. And so anyways, that was, a really beautiful one. So I would say just, you know, in, enjoy and learn all the different things of the Lord, but and reading his word, whether it's the Bible, whether it's you're starting in Genesis, whether it's you're starting with Lisa Turkers' book, or whether it's Bob Goff, or kind of however, like just start learning more about God, um, talking to him, obviously praying. Um, and I, I really love this. And from there, I mean, and I feel, and I, and I would just really pray that the Lord would reveal himself to you. And something that I prayed whenever I first started really following, following God was that the Lord would just, that I would just become in love with the Lord. Like I watched people who loved God so much and I was like, gosh, how did they get there? Like how in the world did they become so in love with God? And like, it makes it, and cause I'm like the Lord 
commands us to love him with all of our heart, our mind, our understanding. Like, it's like, gosh, like, it, and I know he does that because he want, he knows it'll be so much easier for us to follow him and all these different things. And he wants to be loved by us. And I'm like, but I just don't know how people love the Lord so much. Like, how do you love God when you, you know, and all these different things. And I just really prayed from the very beginning of my walk um, that I would just really fall in love with God and that I would just really, as I was reading, that I would really fall in love with God. So honestly, that's my prayer for you because um, yes, following God is the most incredible thing that I've ever experienced in my life, but it's because I've fallen in love with him and falling in love with God um, is just what is just what makes following God so fun. You know, like whenever you're, I truly believe that, uh, that, and whenever you're just following the Lord, um, it's so hard not to fall in love with him. And I just feel like for me, I, and that, and that's really my prayer is that you would fall in love with the Lord, that this just want to be following God, that we wouldn't try, we wouldn't make it this rule book and all these different things. And we're not just, you know, learning to learn, but we're actually learning and we're falling in love with his heart, with his characteristics, with who he is, the father, the the counselor, the savior, all the things that he is. Um, and so anyways, I know that this, this conversation took lots of, um, different aspects and brought it all together in one, but I hope that, um, just kind of after hearing my story that this, um, could just help you in any sort of way, um, wherever you are in your walk with following the Lord and, uh, truly just falling in love with the Lord. Um, so I love you guys. I hope you have the best rest of your day. If you have any more questions, feel free to message us and reach out and y'all are the absolute best. Bye guys.